Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet hospitality entrepreneur Chip Conley, political commentator and editor Raihan Salam, and journalist Nick McDonald. From how we communicate in the workplace to how we discuss the immigration debate and how we talk about the casualties of war, these authors' books will make you think about the varying viewpoints that affect our world each day. And find out why, when you're 50 years old, you should actually only think of yourself as 32 years into your adulthood. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Chip Conley. I am the author of Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder, and I am a strategic advisor to Airbnb. I wrote my book because I've spent five and a half years at Airbnb as advisor to the founders, and I was, frankly, a senior leader in the company for four of those years full-time. I was a baby boomer, and most of the people I was working with were millennials, and I was seeing that we had something we could teach each other. I call it the EQ for DQ implicit trade agreement, meaning I had a little more emotional intelligence that I could teach them, and they had a little more digital intelligence that they could teach me. I think the future is all about intergenerational collaboration. And so I wanted to help people to see that if you're getting older, it doesn't mean you're being put out to pasture at age 50. And I was inspired by my dad. My dad is 80 years old. I just recently went scuba diving with him in rural Sulawesi, and he's going to be scuba diving till he is 90, probably. So I think if you're 50 years old and you're in an environment where you feel like your life's over, just do the math. The truth is that in terms of adult years, if you're only 50 years old, you're only 32 years into your adulthood. And if you're going to live to, let's say, 90, you still have 40 years ahead of you. So you're not even halfway through your adult life. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, I guess it would be hard. <laughs> hard only because that's not a very eloquent word, but it's not easy reading your own work. You know, I wrote this and finished it, you know, almost a year ago. And to then read it and say, ah, I could have changed that word, but I'm, you know, I'm on tape. You're listening to me while I'm reading my material. I've never actually read my material out loud all at once. But I'm also a little bit excited because what it allows me to do is realize this is the message that I'm seeding out there in the world. And I am really hoping that the idea of a modern elder movement may come from this. And I do know that audiobooks are more and more popular, partly because people can snack they can, in the middle of their day, take 20 minutes while they're going somewhere and get a little snack. People don't do nearly as much of that with a written book. As I was reading the audiobook, I actually realized there are a lot of people who I talk about and write about in the book, and I don't know how to pronounce usually their last name. And it's really embarrassing because in some cases, these are people who I really appreciate, including Nate, one of the co-founders of Airbnb. We call him just Nate. We don't call him Nate Blachacik, which I find very strange Polish to pronounce. But there are a lot of people in the book who I really appreciate, but I find the performance anxiety of actually pronouncing their name to be frightening. You know, when it comes to what I'm most excited about in doing the narration is having my voice guide you a little bit. You know, when you're reading a book, you don't get a sense about the author's enthusiasm. But when you're listening, you can feel that enthusiasm. You can feel the passion 
And I guess what I feel is that by listening to which parts of the book that I seem most excited about, you'll know what I find is most important. Weirdly, the appendix of the book, especially my favorites, my 10 favorites, is when I probably become the most personal in talking about it. For those of you who are thinking you're not going to listen to the appendix, I suggest you consider it because you'll hear some of my favorite recommendations of how you could dive a little deeper in understanding how you become a modern elder. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast probably George Clooney. He's got the right voice. And he's also sort of a modern elder. I mean, he's an older guy. And yet, of course, you know, he has the looks that some of us don't have. You know, he has timeless looks. But what I like about him is there's a gravitas to his voice. Gravitas is part of what makes a modern elder valuable to someone younger than them. And so I guess George would be my first choice. In terms of audiobooks, I particularly like audiobooks where there's storytelling going on. And the storytelling could literally be people talking about real-life situations. I've listened to Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton's audiobooks before, understanding what happened during their time in the White House. But actually, the ones that are more interesting are fiction. I find audiobooks are more visual, especially for things that are more science fiction-like. And I guess I didn't mean to say that the Clinton White House was science (laughs) fiction-like. This is Raihan Salam. I wrote my book because I increasingly felt as though the immigration debate didn't really speak to millions of Americans who kind of see some truth in both sides of the argument. The immigration debate is just so polarized. It is so incredibly fractious. The accusations that go back and forth are so intense. And I just thought to myself, you know, this is frankly terrifying. We need to find a better way to think through this. We need to try to extend an assumption of good faith. We need to find a way to actually live together as if we expect this country not to be torn apart. So I thought, wow, I have to do something that I don't generally like to do, which is just try to draw on my own experiences, try to draw on the kind of immigrant-rich neighborhoods that I've been a part of, and also speak to the concerns of people that I know and trust who are are really distrustful of a lot of people on the pro-immigration side of the debate. I just wanted to find some new vocabulary for us to talk about this, and I realized that if I wanted that, I just have to do it myself. Recording an audiobook was surprisingly fun. I think that's mainly a reflection of the fact that I was working with a crew of eminently professional, kind, and patient people who really guided me through it. Thankfully, my book is not too long. I imagine if this process had been twice or thrice as long as sometimes happens, that would be a more painful experience. There definitely was a component of physical stamina. And, you know, I'm not someone who's known for my physical stamina, but uh, yeah, it was really quite neat. And over time, as I got into it a bit more, I felt a bit more comfortable expressing emotion, modulating. You know, hopefully if I'm lucky enough to write another book, I'll be able to do it again. If for whatever reason I couldn't have recorded this audiobook, honestly, I would not go to a professional. I would love to hear my audiobook read by my wife because I just really enjoy her voice. I think it's very mellifluous. And I'm saying this even though, you know, I have no idea if she's going to listen to this, but I actually, yeah, I think that would be kind of neat. Also because she has been with me on this journey for an incredibly long time. So, yeah, I think that it would be fun to hear her reading it. 
One thing that was tough to pronounce, or rather just tough to read through, were passages that had lots of numbers in them. Thankfully, I don't have too many of those passages, but it is really hard when you're trying to be responsible in citing sources and what have you, and to do it very precisely, but then also to read that out loud, it just isn't very, somehow it's just not very warm, actually reading out numbers repeatedly. So yeah, that was a little bit tricky, but I think I managed to get through it. Hi, this is Nick McDonald, having just finished the audiobook of The Bodies in Person. I became interested in civilian casualties as a correspondent for Time magazine when I was working in Baghdad in 2009, and I remained interested in the topic, and after a few years, decided to pursue it whole hog. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be boothy. Why? Because I've been sitting in a booth for three days doing it. I didn't know how to pronounce the name of certain of the sources I was quoting. I can't remember. Maybe the guys outside the booth can remember. George and Tajala. I forget. There were a few names. I'm excited for anybody to listen to this at all. And I'm grateful to you all for listening. My dream narrator, I, I'd like... Mm, Maybe the people who were actually in the book recording. The book is based on recordings I made in Afghanistan, Iraq, and elsewhere. So if the people who were actually the characters in the book could be in the audiobook, I suppose that would have been my dream recording. I listened to the audible production, I think it was, of Charles Dickens' Great Expectations and thought that was phenomenal. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.